Welcome to another year of Songwriter Trysts. This is an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and we find out more about the life behind the songs we love. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information or to support the podcast, please visit songwritertrists.com. Kirsty Krauss is today's Songwriter Trist interview. We came across each other last year and I went through and checked out her music and I found Silver, which is such a cool music video on YouTube that just captured me in because I'm really into female empowerment songs at the moment. I love writing about it and I love hearing other people sing about it as well. So it drew me in. We got to have a chat and I just became such a huge fan of her work and I'm really hoping all the best for Kirsty. And I really hope that you enjoy her music and the chat that we had together because she's just the trifecta of beautiful inside and out. Thank you so much and I hope you enjoy it. You're the best thing I ever had, but it ain't working. If there was a magic pill I knew could heal this hurt, I would drop a couple mil. Pray in my head. You see diamonds, I see red, and you say I'm never home. But you signed up when I was gone. You try to change me, I'm still the same. Me, silver, just can't be gone. Well, welcome. To a songwriter <laughs> tryst with <laughs> Kirsty Krause. <laughs> I think it. that's going to be my I accent. <laughs> I like uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we start all the podcasts simply by getting you in your own words because it's different for everyone. When you say, "Who are you?" and "Where do you come from?" Ooh, I love this. I love that you start with this. I would say I have. You know, when I when you answer a question like this, you kind of hear what other people have gathered and, and mm-hmm. adjectives that they have said to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I am someone who writes from a unique perspective, uh, whether that be um, whether it's about love, but then it's it's like a unique, very moment within love. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of my songs are kind of have an inspiring over umbrella vibe to them. Um, Mm -hmm. I pull from Amy Grant and Gloria Stefan. Those are the two main artists that kind of started everything off with me. So I really, yeah, I really like music to be like, to invoke a fun and positive energy vibes and get someone kind of grooving and wanting to listen to everything. I'm, I'm someone who is very Type A pays attention mm-hmm. to detail, and mm-hmm. so um, I think that comes out in my work, my work ethic, and and my music. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, you're the opposite to me. I don't pay much attention to detail at all. <laughs> That's what oh my, my God. It's for. always like <laughs> the perfect link has to be linked. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I have to answer every question. <laughs> like I, I think I, 
I think I'm more like, um, let's just see how it comes out. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. And um, I've been meeting more people that are a bit like that. And it's probably a massive waste of time for a lot of people. But it's probably better to be like you and have like all the, you know, the T's crossed and the I's dotted and have all the everything. But I, I also love it when you don't plan it. You and it. It just it just happens the way it's going to happen, and there's like a beauty yeah. to that as well. It's very raw, but yes, I'm in the learning organized. process. I would say, still, I definitely yeah. have people on the team that are that way and the opposite of me. And I've definitely found there are moments where that is a huge strength, you know. Mm. Like, and so I think the balance is really good, and I I can definitely appreciate someone who's like, "Yep, let's pack our bags and go." here tomorrow (laughs) yeah and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) that's me I'm like hey why don't we just go on a road trip like now and my partner was just like no that takes weeks of planning (laughs) you can't (laughs) you can't just do that (laughs) but you you need people like that around you absolutely I find it so funny that people (laughs) do gravitate towards the opposite it really does seem like that yeah it's frustrating yeah I, I think they, yeah, everyone says opposites attract and that's, a, I think, a natural part of the world finding balance. Like the world naturally wants to get into a, a state of equilibrium and I don't know, because it doesn't happen on purpose. I didn't specifically go out looking for a husband that was the right. complete opposite to me. <laughs> Usually well, you go out looking though. for things in common, you know, you're like, hey, what yeah. are they like? And I don't do you have a partner? Are you married or... Single. I have I have a partner, a relationship, and we are yeah. the exact opposites. And it's yeah. funny we are talking about this because literally, I don't. Three weeks ago, we wrote a song called "Opposites Attract," and it is no kind of like a fun duet. Yeah, he's a country rock artist out? in Nashville, so okay, it was. I really like it. It has like a old, old like Loretta Lynn kind of vibes to it, but with ah, mixed yeah, with cool. a Blake Shelton "Honey Bee" song. Okay. So I like Blake. It's Kelly. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I reckon that'd be a great song. I would listen to that too. Actually, do you know the song Keeping Score by Dan and Shay? I, I feel like I, I've heard you it, but have. I can't sing yeah. it back to you right now. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm, you don't have to sing it back to me, but that is a song <laughs> that I like. And I think it might have a similar vibe to. Okay. It kind of is. It, come, it comes down to that kind of like, you know, we are keeping score and there's all these these opposite things, but at the same time, it's not worth it, you know, not. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's I like a sidetrack. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. I'll put a snippet into the podcast so people can hear the song I'm talking about. But anyway, it's, um, it's one of my favorites, probably because it relates to relationships and yeah, being with that complete opposite person, but at the same time, it just works. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, Let's talk about your songwriting. Where does songwriting start for you? When did you write your first song? Okay, well, technically, way back in the day, (laughs) I was jumping on my parents' bed with my sister and we wrote our first song. Um, But that really consisted of like a chorus and a verse. Yeah. And um, I I still remember it to this day. Like she gave me a, a Christmas present of that painted, the lyrics painted of the chorus and it like, of course, made me ball my eyes out because it was so sentimental. But um, Aww. I started writing like full songs when I was twelve, and then started doing trips to Nashville when I was fifteen. So I've always was writing like short stories and poems, and really got into that 
creative stuff, but it wasn't like mm. in song form till yeah. I kind of got hooked up with mentors that could show me like, here's some chords, like let's, let's make it into this structure, you know? Yeah. Cause you were born and raised in Nashville, weren't you? I was actually born in Wisconsin. Well, I was born in Florida, but we moved two weeks after that to Wisconsin. So I'm a Scotty okay, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I, I finally moved to Nashville full time three years ago. I just celebrated my anniversary. If that's really like, you know, they, they celebrate that kind of stuff there. Um, anniversary of yeah, moving to Nashville. Yeah. They like, it's my third year. <laughs> Let's That's do funny. something. <laughs> Get some sushi. Who knows? But um, any, any reason to be... celebrate. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So three years uh, full time. And it's just something, a place that I always knew that's where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, I, I wanted to develop myself as an artist and like who I am. And get all get all the fun, the the partying stages out before I moved to Nashville. So I knew that I would okay. be like a hundred and ten percent into putting all of my energy into my career when I moved. Do you Nashville. think you did that? Did you get all the partying stuff out? Oh yeah, I'm from <laughs> Wisconsin, so we they tend to start early there, and okay. I I really by the time I was in college, I was. I was just really focused. I was okay. really focused. I was doing um, the band stuff. And I, yeah, I was just all about my studies and music. And and so... You say you say I'm coming from Wisconsin, like it's a thing that... It is totally is a thing. Is it oh like, gosh, the okay. culture. What's the culture the is all around. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's the thing is. It's all around like tailgating and craft beer and football and okay. just... Anywhere where we can, you know, get together and drink that's, right. that's and have cheese and brats. It's okay. just what it's all about. It's such a, it's such a fun state. And, you know, when you meet other people from Wisconsin, you kind of like, you're like, okay, I understand you. I understand <laughs> where you came from. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, okay. All right. So that What's means a lot. Good to know. I'll, I'll remember yeah. that. I meet someone from Wisconsin again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ask them about cheese. Just be like, so you like cheese? <laughs> that's that's, that's what we're cheesy, known for. but okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry, sure. I just I was like I'm like I don't know what she means. Okay, now we all know what coming from Wisconsin means. Um, yes. And so you got into your music at college, and you started doing your your band, and I started. Yeah, I got into my. Uh, it was like my first real band was in college, and then after college, and I just I had a mentor that told me when I was 15 to just stay up in the Midwest and like grow what you have, like grow your fan base, get, get your Mm. fundamentals down, get comfortable on stage, figure out what songs you like to sing, figure out what your sound is. Like just keep traveling back and forth to Nashville and writing and, and make your presence known, but, but also keep building your fan base where you're from. And I really, I really took that to heart. That's exactly what I did. So all I was like in school and, and I actually went into the corporate world for a little bit. I just still did the band stuff and worked around, eventually worked around my work schedule to yeah, which a lot band of band shows and trips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, good job. And, and it then, sounds so like you I had some really was good like, mentorship. Oh yeah. And I just, I was definitely one of those. I was like, little small steps towards it. Not like, Hey, I went to Nashville. I'm going to move there. I I like 
yeah. was constantly planning on how, like when I was going to move there. I think I, I told the band guys probably in like March that I was going to oh. move in November. So yeah. they were like, Kirstie, we knew this was coming anyway. So you didn't have to give uh, us this much of a notice. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. It was funny. So yeah, they, so they didn't come with you then? They did not. They they all had uh, jobs. They were just doing the band on the side. And yeah. that was one of the things. I just, I knew I needed to go to Music City because when you want to get something done in Nashville, you can get a music video or a, a song, like songwriting session. Like that can be scheduled right then and there. And you're in a session and you guys finish the job. Like I felt, yeah, really right. felt like being in Wisconsin, there was, there was people who, it, music was more of a side thing yeah. for them. So to finish a song or to finish something, it was like pulling teeth kind of at times. And I, um, I can feel although that. their, yeah, their intention was there, like they wanted to do it. It was just, it wasn't a priority necessarily. And um, yeah. so I feel like I really, I got to the point where I had written so much for my debut record, which I was gearing up for. And then I was like, okay, yeah. well, I have all these songs. I know pretty much what's going to be on the record. It's time to move so I can go record it and yeah. really kick off being my own artist and not with a band anymore and go yeah. under completely under my name and just do that. And so yeah. um, that's when it all began. Amazing. And I actually think that that's really good advice. Um, who was your mentor that was supporting you? Uh, he is, everybody knows him in Nashville. His name is Mark Allen Barnett. And okay. definitely someone to look up when you come into town, ask questions. Yeah. Uh, he loves to help out young artists. Like I met him when I was 15. And yeah, wow. uh, he would play for me sometimes. Eventually we got so close, like I stayed at his house, but he really showed me the ropes of the town and got me into some venues where I could just basically start playing there right away when I came into town uh, based on his referrals. So it was really, really nice to have a champion like that in Nashville and not feeling like I'm in the dark when I moved there. I definitely had like a community that I already knew of people before I moved there. Yeah. And that's exactly what you need. You do need, you need champions around you, people who can tell you how it is and be honest, but actually know what they're talking about and, um, and support you. And I, I love the advice of, you know, learn at home and, and grow your fan base, but like making all the mistakes that happen when you do start up, you know, in a safe space, that's your home where people know you and they know your family. It's like a completely different setting and it, it you know, it doesn't really affect your reputation and all that sort of stuff too much. And yeah, hone, hone your craft. It's good. Absolutely. Because they say, you know, like you said, reputation. I mean, sometimes you only get one chance for them to look at your stuff. So you you mm. want, when you're presenting to certain people in the industry, you want to make sure that everything looks top-notch and you're representing yourself in the best way possible. Yeah. And a lot of that times, it it takes a couple of years to kind of figure out all of the links, like all the things you got to keep updated and, and mm. just... You know, I've learned so much since my first release in 2018. I've just learned mm. so much being in Nashville and and looking to see what other other artists are doing that are maybe a little bit farther along than me. Um, that's was just so helpful. It's just mm. it's really inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Is is there like a time for you 
just going back to when you first decided that you were going to be a songwriter or I mean, and, and an artist, you are and an amazing one at that. Was there a clear moment? <laughs> was there a clear moment in your life when, because you said you work corporate and stuff like that. Do you remember when it was that you decided that this was something that you were going to pursue and this was going to be, you know, you could essentially dedicating your life to something like the arts, which is, it's a big step. I, yeah. So I, I'll like, I have on paper when I was six, it said, when I grow up, I want to be, and I put a S-I-N-G-R because I couldn't spell at the time, but I was (laughs) declaring it when I was six. It's just what I wanted to do. Um, I went into the corporate world. I got a sale, an inside sales job actually for uh, something as glamorous as critical power backup equipment. I sold the maintenance for UPS (laughs) systems and backup batteries and generators. It was so yeah. glamorous. <laughs> but I, I did that I too. Realized I did that. <laughs> so you it's know, fun. like I realized yeah. <laughs> it was fun. and But like when I rang my bell, when I got a sale, that wasn't ultimately the like the fulfilling feeling. <laughs> like I was like, I need to get back doing what I feel like I was called on this earth to do. Um, yeah. And more or less, I feel like I got that corporate job to be like, hey, parents, see, I... I can get a job in my degree if I really yeah. need to or kind of show them that I, I can do that. I just, yeah. I don't love it. Yeah, I tried it, but I don't love it. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, so I knew I, I, it just always was something that was in the forefront. I think I just knew my gut that I, I wanted to like, I wanted to grow. I wanted to be 100% ready before I just put all this money and energy into a package like like mm. what I'm doing right now. It, it definitely takes a lot to roll out an artist and I think from knowing from a, like a marketing and sales background what mm. that all entails and takes I was like okay even <laughs> even I was, I was putting off like releasing singles for this record knowing that when I started doing that again it, it was going to be going to be a lot of work but I mm. I was like okay wait a little bit but then when when this whole year took a shift, I was like, you know, I, I can't wait any longer. I'm, I'm yeah. anxious to get this out. And I think people need music more than ever. So I was like, let's, yeah. let's start, let's start rolling out this record. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that answers the question. I just feel like I, it was always something that called, called me inside. I, I wasn't yeah. going to be happy until I, until I just put all of it, all my energy into it. I completely relate. Like, and even the whole proving your parents wrong thing. Like, I did a medical science degree, and there you you go. (laughs) My parent. It it was never something I think I declared when I was younger because I didn't think I could sing, and I didn't. I loved Amy Grant as well, but oh yes, you know. And and I grew up singing in church, and that was really the only place where I saw um, of singing as a as a thing that people did outside of like I heard songs on the radio but I didn't go to live music concerts or anything like that and it was never something that was in my world of possibilities but I do remember thinking that that would be amazing to be able to write a song that people listen to on the on the radio and to be able to sing and perform that but it was just yeah I think there was this like whole even even doing a degree I don't think my parents really thought that because I come from a big family and I'm the only one that's slightly academic (laughs) And oh, nice. so, like, I'm the only one in my family with a degree, and um, I don't know. So I, I kind like, of yeah, I wanted to do that way. 
right? Because they were like, you're the smart one. Like, go do. Uh, kind do of think? actually. I, well, I told my mom I wanted to be a doctor when I was really little because I wanted to help people. That, that's oh. my biggest thing is I love helping people. And I thought that if I was a doctor, I'd be able to help a lot of people. And I remember telling my parents, um, I want to be a doctor. And they were kind of like, oh, well, you can try. But like, it was kind of like a don't get your hopes up because, you know, we don't, our kids oh. don't become doctors. <laughs> and so I think that I kind of, um, had that I'm going to prove you wrong attitude. Like, <laughs> yeah. If anything, they did you like, a favor in that moment. They like fueled you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big, I'm, cause I'm a middle child as well. I'm definitely like a don't tell me I can't do something because I will prove you wrong. <laughs> and oh, I, I, I got that. a little bit of that vibe from you. It's like, see, I can do this. I just don't want to. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's one of those things that like it takes a lot of courage. And I think it does take champions and mentors and people who, believe in what you're doing as well as you having that belief to actually so have the courage to go and release music, you know? So much so. I mean, I, I always attest, I call my fans the thirsties and there are a handful of them that will message me like throughout, you know, the day or the week. And I, yeah. I, I love it. I love it because they, they really keep me going. Like I just got mm. my first like fan mail like an actual letter that somebody oh. wrote to me and then and then put it in the mail and I was like oh, this is a moment like I was oh. like I'm going to remember this um but there's one thing you said so you were that reminded me like when I heard can you feel the love tonight by Elton John yeah. in in the Lion King I was like whoa somebody yeah. wrote this song I remember thinking like yeah. I need to be able to do that. Like somebody wrote this song and it's just like such a moment in this movie and it's such a beautiful melody and song mm. that I remember thinking like somebody did that. They crafted that. Like, how mm. do you do that? Let's figure yeah. that out. Like it was just, that's really what I remember that specific moment. Yeah. Oh, I think we all have a lot to thank to Elton John. Seriously. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, He's just, yes pioneered so much amazing music and yeah no and and the lion king was like definitely a pivotal point for i think people our age <laughs> like the lion king was seriously the best thing and then i don't know i think it was like 20 years before another another lion king right. i think frozen is like this generation's lion king but it, it still that doesn't touch it you know like i yeah. i don't think <laughs> it still doesn't touch it as far as like i mean the the music is really pretty, but um, yeah, the Lion King was just the music, the story, everything. I really mm. loved Aladdin too. Like that was, that yeah. was my jam. <laughs> I used to dress up as Jasmine when we had dress up days <gasps> at school. Did I love it. <laughs> I, I love Jasmine. Jasmine outfit. <laughs> oh, I, I had wish, a little I figurine, think, yeah. I like a little <laughs> figurine of her, and I would play Aww. with her like all the time. <laughs> I, I wished that I had like black hair and dark skin so that I, I would actually look like Jasmine, but I'm not. I'm like so white and blue, blue eyes. <laughs> like, hey, I'm not I, honestly, like that a little bit. <laughs> I think that's probably where it stemmed from. I always say like, Jesse, I, I, I tell my partner that I love that he has tan skin and dark features and dark hair. Yeah. Like I want my kids to have tan skin. Rub that off on them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Um, I actually told my parents that I was 80% sure I was going to have like brown babies. <laughs> I love it. They're so like, beautiful. Yeah. They're so beautiful. 
My first boyfriend was Egyptian and my second boyfriend was Sri Lankan. And so I think I definitely had a bit of that in my thought pattern. Yeah, the want, <laughs> the, the desire for the, the kid <laughs> to look a certain way. Absolutely. Uh, we just, we pick it out and then we go after that. I mean... That's uh, so true. But I ended up marrying like a, a very white British boy. Who's <laughs> oh. like a clone of my dad. But... <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. But I still have beautiful kids. They're still gorgeous. Um, let's, let's, <laughs> we're talking about something way off topic, but anyway. So what, what is your main hope for your music? You've talked about your fans, the Thirsties. I have experienced one of the Thirsties as well, as we talked about. Um, so they're very diehard. So what, how do you cultivate that relationship with your fans? And, and what is the main hope that you want them and other listeners to pick up on when they hear your music? I, with my music, my main hope is to invoke emotion, invoke empowerment, uh, like be inspiring. A lot of mm. my songs that I've released thus far are, I've, I've been told are just inspiring. And then when I look back at them, I'm like, you know, they kind of are like, hey, if you don't like who I am, like, don't be with me or I got to mm. do this because this is what's going to make me happy in my life. And I'm starting mm. something new. And that's a song uh, for a future release. But it's just, mm-hmm. it's about like, you know, nobody's asking me to do this, but I need to do this for myself and I'm starting something new. And I, I kind of like looked over everything and it definitely, even though there's, there's, it's a, a jam or, or whatever the lyrics, but when you really look into it, there's, there's definitely in just that that sort of like spirit like inspiring Mm. spirit and that's I think that's what I want I also want literally every little girl to be like I she is so passionate and she Mm. is so happy in her element like I I want that and whether that means she wants to be a singer or whether that means she wants to be an OR nurse like my sister and just Mm. be that passionate and happy and and content with yourself. I think a lot of people are, you know, timid to be just happy with what they what they have and happy with following their passion. And a lot of people don't. And I want to give people the courage to do that. I'm not ready to show you everything. Building up courage you never dream. And don't let me leave I am so thirsty Run about now I put on my dancing shoes And I would dance Right out of this room But I wanna stay right here with you
so true we like how often do we get told not necessarily directly but by our community and by our families and by people around us like you have to know who you who you're going to be like when you're in high school right like they're like what are you going to be when you grow up what are you working towards and um how I mean how's anyone supposed to know at that age really like (laughs) how are you supposed to know because you haven't Uh, tried things and it's okay mm. to try I mean I was just we were just came across something and it was actually Jesse that brought this to my attention. There are 70% mm. of millionaires that file bankruptcy before they become mm. a millionaire. Like that's, mm. it's okay to try things and fail at them. Yeah. It's, that's absolutely totally fine. And I think the fear of failure, even for me, you know, it's, it's just something we all deal with. And mm. it's, I think the more we, openly talk about it. I think, you know, obviously conversations, um, especially with this new generation coming up, they're just so, so much more open about, about talking about things like that. You know? Yeah. I think it's going to be can really good. It. Yes. I think I talked to a, a young girl the other day and she was talking about like, oh, you got to really know who you are. And like, yes, you need to know who you are at any given moment. But also accept the fact that at any given moment, who you are may completely change, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't mean that, it, yeah, it's like, I mean, I think the older I've gotten, the less I am certain about who I am. Like, I know that I'm a singer-songwriter now. And and yeah, like you said, I'm just so completely happy. But I think that came around because I wasn't searching for acceptance and love from other people anymore. I started to realize that self-acceptance and self-love is the most important thing. And then everything else will come and follow if I if I do that first. And that's when I think I had the freedom to actually start singing. Does that make sense to you? It does just make like, sense. I was so scared, I think, because music was such an important part of my, my life, but it was a, an important part of my private hidden life that no one else knew about. And I think I was so scared that if I shared that with other people, if they didn't like it, which, you know, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like your stuff because it's unrealistic always. to think everyone's going to love you. Yeah. I, I was worried that if someone didn't like it, that meant they were saying that I was unworthy and that I was unlovable and that, you know, all, all these horrible, I think, core beliefs that were still there in my psyche were going to be confirmed and then, like, I, I wouldn't be able to cope with that. You know, I had these horrible mental health yeah. core beliefs that music and was helping me on that. deal with. And I, yeah, and so I had to get rid of that. And then as soon as I got rid of that, it was like, oh my gosh, like I can share my music and no one can take this away from me. It doesn't matter who, if they like it or they don't like it. It doesn't matter. And that was right. when I was like, oh, I can share it with people now. Yay. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and like how proud were you of yourself when you clicked the submit button to put your first single out there? You know what I mean? Like you were like, Oh, absolutely. Actually, my thing, my, my biggest moment was doing an open mic night. Yay. You okay. can still hide behind the click submit button. <laughs> yeah. I think um getting yourself I think, on stage and out there. Yeah, going to an open mic for the first time was my scariest moment. What was your scariest moment, you reckon? Oh, I was just thinking about this. Uh when we were talking about it. I I went and opened for Pam Tillis and Susie Boggess and Terry Clark at a theater 
uh, where in my home state, Wisconsin. Um, yeah. And they, they had me perform solo for a half an hour with just me and the guitar. And I remember that was the first time I ever did it. So talk about high wow. stakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Open for these ladies, um, you know, solo <laughs> for 30 minutes. And I did all originals and it was like about nine songs. And I remember being terrified, but I, I practiced every day for like mm. an hour for that month and a half before the show. As yeah. soon as I said I was going to, I went and practiced. And um, yeah. I remember being so nervous that I was calm the day of. Does that make sense? Like you, yeah. like you know you can't do anything about it because it's about to happen. Yeah. Kind of like right how I felt right before I jumped out of a plane and went skydiving. <laughs> I'm, I was like yes. calm. I love like that weird. feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was... I just did my first time like in October and I was just so calm in that moment. Like now or never, you know, like you've been working on this, step it up. You can do it. Like, here we go. And it was almost like I was just so focused. And um, after the show, I never felt true. I I felt like I could have been more prepared, but I I (laughs) felt so proud of myself afterwards like because it was yeah it was a goal I had for so many years I wrote it on a piece of paper 30 minute set and it's just funny how things work out because before for other openers at the gobbler theater they normally have 45 minutes but for some reason right. they specifically asked for 30 minutes and I had put 30 minutes many many years before that that I wanted to perform 30 minutes on stage solo. So it's just Aww. funny how things align yeah. like that, you know? And I was like, yeah, this is absolutely. it. Gotta do it. I have to do it. <laughs> and I, I love how like you talk about fear and, and like doing something like that. That's just so scary. Like incredible. But the fear that you had was probably what drove you to actually go and practice every day and then get as prepared as you possibly could in that month and a half. And it's like Often we talk about fear as like a negative thing that's paralyzing and terrible. But like, if you don't feel the fear and you don't have that little bit of anxiety, you won't have that drive to go and practice and get really prepared. And like, I don't know, you need like a little bit of it to so that you can be brave. Like, if you don't feel fear, you're not being brave or courageous. You know, it's like the absence of fear is silly. You're not growing. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's such an important thing. You have to face fear. To grow yeah. a little bit, you know, like push yourself <laughs> out of your comfort zone and try something new and, and grow a little bit. Don't you feel like that's like a massive part of our job description as songwriters is to jump out of your comfort zone? Yes. I mm. I remember being in writing rooms, like when I first was starting to write and just mm. being like nervous, you know, I, I would come prepared, but I was always just kind of nervous because some of these... When I first started writing, a lot of them were a lot older than me. Like they were veteran, mm. like writers. They were really good writers. And so I learned a mm. lot in the writing room. And eventually I was, I was okay, like asking questions or like starting to say, say more and, and really start directing the song. And, and, um, I noticed that my fear was a lot just in my head. Like people were happy to, to let, speak and answer questions you know what I mean it was mm-hmm. it was me that was mm. being the the block at first and um I think that's that's something to be said too you know like a lot of it is just 
what we think the scenario yeah. is or, or what other people are thinking and and we're just making assumptions and we don't a lot of people are just there to for good to help yeah my husband always says that assumptions is um the worst assumption what is it assumptions Enemy. is making an ass out of you and me <laughs> yes, that's it. I like yeah that. um talking about co-writes and stuff what are some of the best experiences you've had with co-writing how's that going Ooh. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've re- literally, I've been in a lot of co-writes. I've, I kind of started off that way. So I think mm. I, I went and did a virtual co-write, uh, the other week with an artist out of Colorado. And that was so much fun because it was out of my element. He definitely does more mm. of like the bluegrass country, old, old school country feel. And um, sometimes yeah. when I'm writing for me, I kind of push the envelope of a unique country pop, um, maybe a little bit of rock and funk kind of vibes in there. So totally different. Yeah. Um, but I just listened to him talk and then I was like, okay, we need to write that, what you're talking, like that specifically <laughs> what you're talking about. And so then I just kind of yeah. started going on, um, this Google doc and it, the song ended up be, being called Spick It. And that's so country. That's like the, probably the most yeah. country song I've ever written. Um, but he he seems so happy and excited about the song, and that made me that made me really really excited to hear. And then hearing him sing it, and hearing myself sing it, and then hearing yeah. our other co writers sing it. We all had our different like versions of how we sang it, and that yeah. was really cool to to hear too like because the melody this the basic melody structures there but you know as as each three artists who are also writers in the room we took that and when we sang it out loud it was all our kind of own unique take on it and I love hearing that kind of stuff mm, yeah I love but, it and I love it when you're in a room and everyone gets excited about something and you're all feeling that same giddiness that comes when you get a good line for a song Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> is there something that you always do when you're preparing for a co-write or going into it? Um, so I use Google Drive like religiously mm-hmm. for songwriting. And I, for a while, I had like a group of people that were kind of my go-to people that I knew like, okay, I want to write this song. So I'm going to go to Joe for that because mm-hmm. Joe's going to understand the type of melody vibes I'm hearing in my head and we're going to come up with a great melody and it's just going to be a joy like, in my life. I think. <laughs> yes. Well, I can introduce you to Joe. He does some, yeah. <laughs> he does some of like, you know, the zoom stuff or rights or something. And I, I just, I met him when I was 15 and then we reconnected like years later. And um, yeah, so I, I have, so I'll Amazing. write something down when I hear it and then I'll put yep. like a tag after, at the end of it, I'll be like, Okay, uh, something new dash Joe. And so then when I go to meet with Joe, I'm like, hey, here are all the things since we, since we last met. Here's all my mm. ideas that I thought would be good for you and me. Like, let's take a look at them. Normally it's like four or five, let's say. And um, yeah. Yeah. And then we just kind of, I, I kind of talking through and, and vibe it out. But what, what I love is that. It depends, like, even though I'm bringing five ideas, it really depends on what kind of mood we're in for the day. And I like the yeah. element of 
of that. There's, there's always going to be an element of the creative aspect that just kind of happens. And yeah, say I would have brought that same idea a different day. We might've, you know, right. Would have differently. Yeah. So it's really Mm. cool to kind of just the birth of a song is, is just so cool to me. And a lot of times I feel like I'm hearing things from somewhere else. I just kind of like start hearing the song and in like melody Mm. and at the same, same time. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that and just it's about getting it out. <laughs> yeah, and then you gotta like yeah. puzzle it out sometimes, but um, or just sing it out, like just kind of get, listen really closely and let it let it come. Do you find you, you get the words first or the melody first? Like, what comes to you first? I oftentimes will do words first, um, mm. but most of the time I like have, like I'll I'll have at least one or two lines with a melody and words mm. and then I can I kind of go into it from there and and so I'll, I'll know you know okay well this is probably gonna be like like a mid-tempo is what it sounds like based on my melody um or a lot of times I'll sing I'll sing a melody mm. on top of words that maybe are for the chorus but then the, my melody is like a verse melody so I'll be like okay let's split these up <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, like okay. I, I, like I, I hear, hear the, the detail in you coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear the verse melody a lot um, easier okay. in general. I, I definitely normally start with the, with the verses. Yeah, cool. I think I'm the opposite. I'll like, I'll write a chorus and then I'll try and write a verse and I'll write another chorus. Nice. <laughs> the chorus is what come easy and then it's like, I usually just get stuck with a whole bunch of, and that's what I end up going to co-writes with. It's like, look, I've got this chorus idea. Here's the melody. Here's the hook. I have no idea what this song is about or like how I'm going to actually package it up as a song, but I've just got this like little bit <laughs> and yeah. I really love it. I just don't know how to finish it. And that's, and that's what I love about co-writing is that if you find people like we were talking about earlier that are opposite to you that can are better at those sorts of things. Um, Absolutely. Or they're perfectly. not, yeah. they're not as attached to maybe like the emotion or situation that you are, you're trying to get out. Mm. So they're, they can they can hear it and and see it from more and outside the box. So if I'm if I'm stuck on like yeah. two lines, I'll kind of look at them and be like, "This is what I want to say here, and this is what I got." But like, help me, help me shape this to something. And and maybe we're just sitting there like saying it out loud a couple different ways, you know, and and mm. and just like singing it with the syllables or, um. But yeah, co-writing is so good for that because I feel like if I I tend to when I write by myself, I will write I will write out a song until it stops pouring out of me and then yeah. that's where I stop. Like I That's when you need to start editing. Yeah. That's when I need to start editing or I need to make like a session specifically to like finish that up, but I just feel like I am I'm so much of a people person, like a like being around yeah. humans and talking to people that that like fuels my energy, so I I mm. love of like, oh, got to do a co-write today. And then I'm hanging out with people <laughs> for at least three or four hours. It's it's fun. It's, I love the doesn't feel like work, does it? It's not. <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. What's, I'm going to ask you a, an extra question because I want to know, what's the favorite, most favorite song that you've released that you, you kind of like, I don't know, you still love to listen to? It's yours. 
Mm. I, I've, I've released five songs yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like, like Thirsty I've been holding on to. And that's been, a, I know, a favorite of the Thirsties. That's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> but I think from what I've released yet, my favorite is Silver. Um, I've definitely been holding yeah. on to some songs that I haven't released yet that I, that's just yeah. gems that I know I want to, I wanted to save. Um, so I've been, I've been sandbagging a little bit, <laughs> but I yeah. love Silver. Um, Silver is so much fun. Uh, the lyrics, it's just, it feels good to sing. It's like. Yeah. It's a great hook in that one. I love the music video too. You did a great job. Like you're all silver you. and you got your microphone. And, oh, that was so much yeah, fun. I felt good. so glam that day. Like the. Uh, yeah. Mallory, Mallory Liebman. I I'm so happy that she's gotten a lot of referral work from that. But like she she just did yeah. such a good job, and I was like, you make me feel <laughs> awesome right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um when you've got a good good videographer and photographer and like makeup and hair and stylist, like you can just feel like an absolute superstar, and that's that's the feeling you need to have when you're doing that sort of stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it gets picked up on, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, cool. All right. I love, I love Silver too, by the way. And um, yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, what's the best advice that you've ever been given? I would say the most, the, one of the best advice, pieces of advice that I've ever been given is don't sign anything and always, you know, shake hands and smile and you don't have to make any decisions on the spot. I think that is something that was told to me by numerous people and, and numerous times. And, you know, signing something means you're bringing someone on the team and for a small business that can, that's a huge deal, um, who you bring on. So make sure you know who that is. You you trust their work. Um, what you know, they they understand your goals. They align with everything. I just I just think that that was such a powerful thing because a lot of times uh, young artists will they'll get excited. They'll get excited about what people are saying and about maybe the opportunity and all the words that they're saying to them. And um, without mm-hmm. even doing reference checking or fact checking or or, or anything, yeah. and and then they get down you know, a tunnel that maybe set them back a couple months of, of heartache and. Or worse. Yeah. yeah. Or even worse of, of dealing with that kind of stuff. So just smile, shake hands, don't turn your back, they said, (laughs) and uh, don't sign anything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. And actually I have heard that one before, but no one's ever given that advice on this podcast. And. Oh, good. I think it's, it is really, really valid advice. Like. Um, it, it's absolutely fantastic if people want to work with you or they, they, they've reached out and they want you to sign a contract and do stuff with them. That's amazing. Like, and, and everyone gets excited about that. It doesn't matter who they are. But it can also be a little bit like those emails. Like I literally got a message this morning <laughs> from like one of those spam um, yeah. emails. Like oh, I'll tell you, it says, Honda USA has approved a payment of $1,300,000 US into your account for a COVID financial assistance program. And I'm just like, I don't even know where that comes from. (laughs) But like, 
I remember back in the day when these sorts of things started coming out, it's like people would get really excited. My parents would come to me like, hey, some guy from um, Africa has died and apparently we're family and he's left me his Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and so um, naively, like, yes, we get excited when we get messages and we get people saying they're going to give us something that is of value to us. But um, we also need to be smart. And if, we, if we're not sure about things, it's okay to get lawyers or, or people that are smarter than us to check over <laughs> the facts, like you said. Um, and yeah, and I, um, my husband's always on top of all that sort of stuff because I, sometimes I get emails and I, I just don't know if they're genuine or not. And that's just the way things are now these days. Um, and he knows how to check certain things for authenticity. Um, <laughs> and, and my parents always need that sort of support and um, there's nothing wrong with, I guess, yeah, <laughs> and anyways, getting excited about it, but also, yeah, checking. <laughs> yeah, and it's such like an internet world now. So people can put up a site and and say that they can do a whole bunch of things that they they might not have really any experience on. So mm. um, the National Community of Artists is you know, it's vast, but it's, it is small when you really, when you really think mm. about it, like we all know each other and I've definitely gotten emails and, or messages, just an Instagram message being like, Hey, have you worked with this person? Like, can you tell me a little bit about them? Like, you know, and we definitely yeah. use each other as, you know, checks and, and balances. Cause there are companies out there that's like, Hey, give me two grand and I will help promote your Spotify. And they're not, yeah. they're not, it's not real. They're, they're just taking money. So we really have to yeah. look out for each other and you definitely have to just double check for yourself because, because that's a lot of money as an independent artist. That's a lot of money as a small business. And, um, yeah, you just have to, you just, yeah, have to make sure what, who you're trusting. Yeah. And I've made those mistakes as well. And, and definitely get references, get names, reach out to those people. And like you said, we're all pretty, um, open to, to, to sharing and um, yeah, make sure you get names. I had one guy um, at one point very early on in my career where I was looking for support to kind of build management and build my brand like we've talked about, which is very important when you're starting out. And he used a lot of buzzwords like I've worked with artists to get them to European tours and all this sort of stuff, but like he never, there were never any names. Do you know what I mean? Like there yeah. was actually, it was a lot of vague talk, but never actually any um, quantifiable <laughs> stuff that was something that I could then go do references on. And then, you know, I had to learn the hard way with that one. Um, and sometimes we do learn the hard way and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just about picking yourself back up and right. keep going. And that just does like, happen. Trust your yeah. gut. Trust your gut. Cause, yeah. Um, and, and I also would say, take, take those phone calls. Like, don't be afraid to be like, okay, yeah, like let's get on a conversation hear what they all have yeah. to say. I feel like that was a way for me to really d determine when I did come across somebody who I was impressed with uh, because I heard yeah. all of the, the others. Does that make, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I took those calls, yeah. I listened and then I was like, eh, something's not right here. This doesn't feel doesn't good. Feel right. Yeah. yeah. So I would encourage to take them because you do learn something. If, if anything, if you, you know, if it's 45 or whatever minutes of your time talking to that one person, you, you do learn things and you learn yeah. what to say, if anything. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and, and it does come out, you're right. Like if you actually take the time to talk to them, that gives you a chance to find out, you know, if it's genuine or not and, right. it, and it's a good fit for you or not. So Yeah. Well, good. I'm yes, glad anyway, nobody brought good that advice. up. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it is it's something really important for people to understand and, and know and um, not be ashamed that if, if you know, you've had that experience as well. We've all had those experiences. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, it's a part of the game, isn't it? Part of it. <laughs> all right. What about um, advice to a friend or someone who's younger who comes up to you and says, okay, uh, Kirsty, I really want to be a songwriter, but I don't know where to start. Where should I start? Okay, I would be like, all right, what do you have written down? Like where where are we starting from? Do you have a bunch of poems? Do you have a bunch of short short stories? Do you have a notebook hidden somewhere? Mm. Like let's let's get into what you've written down or or what you have to say. Um, I think one of the biggest things when I was learning and just exercising my muscle of songwriting was yeah. And a lot of a lot of songwriting workshops say this. Like every day, whether it's in the morning or not, um, they they do rec- uh recommend in the morning you set your timer for 20 minutes or 30 minutes if you can, and you just write. Mm-hmm. You freeform write whatever comes to your mind, even if it means the moon is hanging higher tonight than it or this, you know, la- tonight mm. than it did. And my favorite ornament is that bell on the Christmas tree and <laughs> Whatever, if it goes from there to there, you just freeform write for 20 minutes and that is the best way to get your muscle strong, get your mind open and in the right space to get into that creative place. Yeah, that's in um, Pat Patterson's Writing Better Song Lyrics book, which is world famous. So if you've listened to this probably, if you read that one, I, I know I didn't read it, but I, I know it was referenced to me mm. like really like young. And I remember, I remember yeah. doing that a lot, even if it was like, yeah. hey, we pick a subject, you know, the angel on the Christmas tree, and then you just write about it for Freeform. 15 yeah. minutes. Like, and then you pick out what, you know, stuff from that like, that could make a song. Mm. No, that's really, it is really good advice to just keep, and it's, it is like a muscle. It just keeps growing, doesn't it? Yeah, I remember. Keep uh, working on it. Absolutely. A friend of mine, his name is Rylan Fisher. He says before he even goes into a writing session, he's writing on paper like that for 20 minutes or just writing another song. Mm. He's just working his muscle. It's kind of like singers before, you know, I, I know that, I know for a fact that the greats, before they go on stage, they're, they're singing for 15, 20 minutes before they go on stage. So they're, by the time they sing their first note on stage, they're already in their stride. They're already in their mm. element of the performance. And that's something that I have recently started incorporating is starting to sing out, you know, full voice in the mode, in like a performance kind of mode before I even step on stage. That's great advice. Yeah. I haven't heard that one, but I have heard of, obviously warming up your vocals before you go yeah. on stage. Um, it's not always easy, especially if you're starting out, like, um, and depending on where you're playing, it's not always a space to be able to do that. Um, but, yeah, it's very important. It makes a difference. I usually, yeah, if, if there's not a space. And I go in my car I did a show recently. And, oh, yeah, that's a good place to do it. I um I think I had to use my first song the other one um, the other day at a show because I mean we did we did 
check up and we did vocals and all that stuff. But like there was probably about someone else played before I went on and there was nowhere really for me to go between like that 45 minute gap. And so I just did my first song. I was like, well, that was my warm-up song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't terrible, but it, you know, you feel it. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that. Like you, it's totally okay. Especially if you're about to do a three hour set, like we definitely yeah. have five songs or, or four songs that we will kind of ease into. Like you're not, you're not really pushing. Mm. Then later I can sing the, you know, the more of the gymnastics kind of songs. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I know what you're saying. All right. I have um, one last official question for you. If you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Ooh, I really, really want to co-write with Emily Wiseman. I love her. She, I love everything she puts out. I feel like whenever I get a notification, because I follow her on like everything, um, she's definitely known for her <laughs> writing in Nashville, but whenever I get a notification that she came out with something new, I am going to listen to it. She is so like her, she definitely writes very uniquely. Like, mm. yeah, I'm going to have to go check out Emily Wiseman. Thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom with uh, me today and anyone who's listening on the Songwriter Truth podcast. I am going to put all of your socials and links on the podcast website, songwritertrist.com, so that people can contact you, find your socials, find your music and just follow your journey as it comes. Um, We did get cut off, unfortunately, everyone, and there wasn't enough space to just continue our chat on Kirsty's phone. So uh, that was the end of our podcast chat, but thank you so much for joining in and, yes, go and check out her music and follow her on her socials. Thank you for joining the podcast Songwriter Trist today. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support us, we would much appreciate you to leave a review and subscribe to our channels and just share it around. Tell your friends, anyone you think that would be interested in finding out more about music and where it comes from and how it is made. You can support us on the website songwritertrist.com. Can hear me, wish I could-